and welcome to Neither the Time Nor the Space, a podcast about Doctor Who. My name is David, and as always, I am joined by the joyful Matt. Hello there. Oh, I hope you've uh, been having a lovely Christmas break, everyone. Yeah, how was your Christmas, David? (laughs) I have absolutely no idea, because we are recording this well in advance. Um, But I'm, I'm sure it was a lovely one. Good. Uh, I'm trying to think, by the time this goes out, I may have watched the uh, the latest special. Let me see, so Saturday. Yeah, because I think this will be going out on Saturday the 2nd, won't it? Is that... So just after New Year's uh, Day. Yeah. So yeah, so I will, by, by the time uh, this goes out, I will have watched the, uh, the uh, New Year's Day special. Was it any Which, good? I'm going to say yes. Yes, I think it was good. I I, I enjoyed it. Excellent. <laughs> Do you want to I hope, enjoy- it, gets, I hope a- it gets critically panned. Mm. And then we have I- that little soundbite of you saying, yes, I enjoyed it. <laughs> now, I'm, I'm genuinely, I'm proper excited for it. I was reading some uh, previous stuff about it in uh, this month's uh, DWM. And uh, yeah, it looks like it's going to be a corker. So, uh, fingers crossed, eh? Um, right then, we're asking about this week. Yeah, we're just, <laughs> we're just, we're just killing time, so we can have an extra week off, really, aren't we? <laughs> that's it, it's it's not any more complicated than that. No, that's exactly what we're doing. But I'm genuinely excited. We've got we've got a few different fun things uh, uh, on on the agenda. The first being the the board game from the, I believe it's is it 1964 or 1965, whatever the first Doctor Who annual was published. Yeah, I've just had um, a look for the publishing notes and it it's not dated at the time. Yeah. But we are going to play Journey Back to Earth. Yes. Um, and, you know, Matt and I are both seasoned tabletop gamers. We've, uh, we've mentioned that before on the podcast. We, you know, we love to chuck some dice and uh, make some interesting crunchy choices. Um, Having had a quick look at this, this very much seems to be in the old school mode of roll a die and do as you're told. Yeah. Board gaming. This it's, is there is it, no player agency here. It's basically <laughs> snakes and ladders with no snakes nor ladders. <laughs> so this will be fun, won't it? Um, yeah. I'll put a picture of the board, the game board, up on Twitter. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's showing its age because it's described as a game for two or more players. A dice and counters or buttons are required. Mm. Well, I've I I don't have any buttons or counters with me, but uh, then again, you've got the uh, you've got the book over on your side. Yeah. So I've I've mentioned this before on pod. This book absolutely stinks. Mm. Has it got that, if, that lovely old annual mildew smell? If it wasn't hard backed and so heavy this would have gone in the post to married to who <laughs> it was they can have a smelly old book yeah yeah i i i i genuinely don't know uh some of the things that you've put in the box for the, for them so i uh i can't i mean by the time this is coming out they will have released their episode where they've opened it won't they so yeah uh, our listeners, if you're curious, do do check in on their feed and see see what Matt sent them. <laughs> yeah. Um, right. So right, let's this do is this. the journey back to Earth. So you need to put yourself in the mindset, David, of the Doctor yes. or a companion. We've been 
you know, we've been out on a few jaunts. Can I be Vicky? I mean, if you want. Um, I like Vicky. I'm going to be Vicky. Right, I'll be the first doctor then. Yeah. Okay. So, in order to begin, David, we need to start on a six. So, you need to gain that Artron energy to power up the TARDIS. Right, okay. okay. So, because you're Vicky, we'll go ladies first. All right, then. I'm going to roll my die here. I rolled a three. Uh, the TARDIS does not move. Okay, I got two. you'll go. So, currently, <laughs> we've had one round. Nothing's happened. Uh, board, I'll tell you what, board game design has come a long way since yeah. the 60s, hasn't it? Yeah. I mean, there are some there are some good ones in the archives. I rolled a four. Three. Yeah. <laughs> are, like, um, have you played any like classic Waddington's games of the 60s and 70s? I'm thinking things like Buccaneer or uh, Minor Million. There's one called Railroader that my auntie Ooh. gave me when I was young. That was good. I rolled yeah. a one that time. Ah, oh, five. Back to you. Oh, I have rolled a six. Oh, hey, he's now, off the board. So. Does that mean I now move six or I I'm roll... going to say yes. Right. For the sake of this not this episode not taking an hour. Right. If you land on square six, David, yep. nothing happens. Oh, this is the, but this is one of those board games where that, that's what you want, isn't it? Like, it, I bet literally everything that can happen to you is bad. Yeah. Which I guess is quite kind of actually thematic for Doctor Who. Yeah. The only the only <laughs> things that ever happened to the companion. Like, you think it's going to be a lovely adventure. I rolled a four, so it's back to you. The, but all that happens is just one, one horrible event after the, well, another. Here's the first example, because I rolled a two. And if yep. you land on square eight, I've landed on Mars. Yeah. I missed two turns. Mars? Uh, you've been held up by the Ice Warriors. Yeah. I mean, trying this to get is... back to, to Earth, if you land on Mars, something's gone wrong. Oh, it keeps rolling off the table. There we go. So, I've just rolled twice in succession. Um, and I've rolled a three and a five, so I'm still... Right. No good. Do I get to roll once more? Because it would have been gone back to me. Yeah. Then you, so, yeah, I effectively get to roll three times in a row. No, I rolled a one. Hopeless. Right. Come on, guys. I, let's let's get off Mars. It's worth it's worth mentioning, I think. Um, I did have a reputation within uh, our D&D group for, for having the worst rolls of anyone in the group. Yeah. We used like, to check I, whether your dice actually had a 20 on it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I would occasionally fluke a 20, but it was always just like, it happened so rarely that um, it was cause for much comment and celebration. Right. I rolled a two, so I'm now on square ten. Oh, great. Anything happen on square ten? No. No, no. <laughs> rolled a two. Your turn. Five. Mm. So I'm on 15. I've landed between two possible outcomes. I could have either gone again, or that's if you see a flying saucer, you can go again. Or yeah, I could have blown a fuse and gone back to the start of the game. Oh, my God. Who thought this was fun? Why did we do this uh, for board games back in the day? I've rolled a three. It's your turn. Four. 
Like, there's absolutely no decision-making to be made. You can, you can barely call it a game, really. I've rolled a one. All right. Oh, a six. Oh, one, where does that two, take three, you to? Four, five. To number 25. I'm followed by an unknown craft. Move forward nine places. Nine? Why, wow. why nine? <laughs> one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Oh, I've avoided landing on the web planet. Uh, some fans would say that was a very lucky escape. <laughs> Personally, I quite like the web planet. It's good fun. Um, also, one of Capaldi's favourite stories. Really? Yeah, he's got a lot big soft spot for the web planet. Um, I've just checked. There are 69 spots on this game. Yeah. Guess what? I've rolled not a six. I wonder why there's not 70. Why is it 69? <laughs> I mean, I mean, I, the, I would... the, the, the jokes are too easy, but legitimately, why yeah. isn't it 70? I feel like, I mean, it can't be a, a deliberate cheeky joke because I'm sure back in the mid 60s, nobody was talking about 69ing. Mm. Dinner for two. Right. I rolled a four. One, two, three, four. Oh, so I was not rescued by the Monoptera. Uh, I'm just on yep. 38 now. So another web planet reference there. Uh, I've rolled a one, Matt. I just, my my I can't believe I'm still just parked. It doesn't even say where you start, does it? No. You want to get back to Earth, but um, you're just right. bouncing around. Here I guess. we go. Three, one, two, three, forty-one. Nothing happens. All right. Oh, come on. It's rolled off the table. Hang on. I rolled a six! Right. Whoa, hey! One, two, three, four, five, six. Okay. Um, come on, I'm in with a shot now. Uh, well, the good news is I rolled a two and I have been chased by the Zabi. So I return yep. to square 21. Wow. So my lead has been cut short. There is a lot of web planet references in this mm. game. I'm assuming it must have been airing at the time they were making it. <laughs> because, like, literally every space that you've been on recently has been web planet stuff. Mm. Um, right then. Let's see. I've rolled another six. Oh, really? Yeah. So you're on 12 now. Well, hey. Get in. Three. So I'm on 24. Okay. Oh, this is getting stupid now. I've rolled another six. Okay, so you're on 18. Oh, the gap's... It's minimal. Woohoo! Oh, except I've rolled a six, which takes me to number 30. Racing ahead. I take it nothing interesting has happened for you yet. No, I'll let you know if the Zabi turn up again. I've rolled a one. Back to form now. Okay, just up to 19. Three. One, two, three. I have landed on the web planet and missed well, a hey. turn. So you ah. get two goes. Okay, here we go. Right. Five. One, two, three, four, five. Yep. And three. One, two, three. Okay, so you're up to 27. I am. Just one for me. Is this fun for our listeners, Matt? Who knows? Who knows? <laughs> 
I can't. I kind of. I don't know whether I've rolled a two. I don't know whether it's better oh. if we we witter on in between our turns to make it entertaining, or whether we just try and power through and get it done and dusted. Well, what's interesting is you have taken a shortcut and <gasps> you have moved to square forty-five, so you've taken the lead for the first time in the oh, game. Oh, the and tables have turned. You get another go. Right then, I've rolled a six. One, two, three, four, five, six. So you're on number 51 now. Ooh. Five for me. One, two, three, four, five. Oh, where's what, that bloody day gone? What are you having oh. for dinner today, David? May as well make small talk whilst we suffer through this. Oh, I've got no idea, Matt. I've, I'm trying to find the day. It's rolled off the table and I can't find it now. I'm going to have to get up. Hang on. I can't believe you're looking for the dice. I thought we could have ended this madness. This foul uh, jamboree. There it is. This is top-notch podcasting, isn't it? Yeah. This is, I mean... We need to, we need to start submitting ourselves to those, like, uh, the Sony podcast awards award yeah. things, don't we? Because this is, this is just gold. Right. I've rolled a six. Okay. You are one, two, three, four, five, six. You're on fifty-seven. The end's in sight. If you roll oh, two, oh. Tw- two sixes, I got three. One, two, three. Just forty-two for me. Oh, Douglas Adams reference. Great episode. Well, that's true. I, I it says a lot that I, that my brain still goes to Douglas Adams rather than Doctor Who when that number's mentioned. Uh, I've rolled a five. One, two, three, four, five. Oh no, David! What? You've landed on number sixty-two. You've lost control of the ship. Oh, go no. back. Go back to square five. Oh fuck off! <laughs> what is this game? Right. Uh, oh. My go. Just a one. Well, I've been chased by the Zabi again, and I'm back to square twenty-one. This will never end, will it? Good grief! Are we gonna are we gonna power through this? Um, I don't know if I've got it in me. <laughs> I genuinely don't. Because the thing is, the way this game is designed, it literally could carry on forever. If you yeah. got a, a, if you rolled certain sequences of numbers, there is literally no end. To how long this game could could uh, could go? Yeah, it's like I say the, the uh, top tip for anyone designing board games: make sure there is literally any player agency at any point. Give people decisions to make. Here's here's a little one: you could leave the exact same game board as we have on here. Let people roll two dice and choose a number. Yeah. Imagine that. Imagine how much more fun and engaging this game would be if people could just choose between... There's still some random element to it, listeners, but there's something there. Right, I'm calling it. We're not continuing this game. Uh, Well, who got closest to the end? Uh, I think I did, because you went back to square five and I went to square 21. Yeah, so... All right, all right. I 
I'm, oh, I'm right, going to use I guess... the time that we've saved by not playing that game to read the story, The Fishmen of Candelinga. <laughs> okay, is that caught your eye? Yeah, I quite like the pictures for that story. So yeah. I will read that later today. Oh, Although it does treat. seem to go on forever. I mean, that's uh, that's Hartnell era stories for you. Right. Let's never. You talk were lucky. About you were lucky if again. if they were uh, just six episodes. Okay. So the next thing is is a little. Um, you've been quizzing me for weeks. Mm-hmm. At this point, I thought it would be fun to turn the tables and prepare a little quiz for you. Okay. And this is a special quiz. Um using uh, play-your-cards-right rules. I don't know if our, our American and, and international listeners are familiar with uh, Bruce Forsyth's play-your-cards-right. Yeah. It's effectively higher or lower, isn't it? It is, higher or lower. But um, to, me, to, to me, it is uh, indelibly uh, associated with Bruce Forsyth and Saturday evenings uh, with nothing better to do than watch... BBC One. I'm just waiting for it to load, Matt. It said loading, and now it's popped up with a different thing saying working. Oh, nice. Uh, So how's your Christmas break been, David? Have you had much merriment and... I'm One going too to assume, many mince pies. Yes, I, I, I always have merriment. I... I love Christmas. Yeah. I do. I love it in a different way to how I used to. Yeah. God, this laptop, it just... It doesn't like... Um, it doesn't like... Doing things. Okay. So... The rules are fairly straightforward. It's your standard... Um, higher or lower uh, rules, and uh, there will be 20 points up for grabs. Okay. If you if you get every one. Um, and this is based on the Doctor Who magazine 2014 story poll. So Doctor Who magazine asked its readers uh, to rank every Doctor Who story from Hartnell through to the uh, day of the Doctor, the fiftieth anniversary, because I think this came out in the weeks following that. Um, so no, no Peter Capaldi episodes in this, no Twelfth mm-hmm. Doctor, but uh, we, we, we're going anything potentially up to and including the day of the Doctor. And um, I'm going to start you off with the Impossible Planet and the Satan Pit, okay. which was ranked number fifty-two. Right. So that gives you an idea of where 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 the fandom was then. Fifty two, yep. for out of I believe it's two hundred and forty one in total. Okay. So fairly high for for the Impossible Planet Satan Pit. Where do you think they ranked the tenth planet? William Hartnell's final story. Higher or lower than the Impossible Planet and the Satan Pit? I, I'm going to say higher, just with it being. Uh, a regeneration story. We've seen mm. that, haven't we? Yes, we have. It was the one with the, the introduced the Cybermen. Yeah. It's, uh, we said I, goodbye to the. I think that's going to be higher. Yep, that's a good guess. Uh, it's incorrect. Oh. It's actually lower. It's it's eighty five for the tenth okay. planet. Oh, I so thought I thought because it 
introduces so much, it would be. Yeah, I mean, you're not wrong, but then also, it is quite boring in parts. Yeah. Um, so, yet to get off the block, but uh, moving on. The Tomb of the Cybermen, higher or lower than number 85? Oh, everyone seems to like that, higher. Yeah, you're right. 23. What? Tw- the 23rd trash. best Doctor Who story, according to the fandom at large. It's absolute trash. Okay, we're sticking with Classic Who for a little bit longer. Okay. We're going to move on to the Robots of Death. That's the fourth Doctor story you've seen. Surely lower. Than Tomb of the Cybermen? Yeah. Yeah, uh, you'd be wrong. Number 11. What? Who? No. Robots the of el- Death. That's the one where there's just this bad guy that no one talks about until like the fifth episode. Uh, possibly. It's the one that's kind of like a murder mystery uh, with Art Deco robots. Yeah, no way. Yeah, um, I'll be honest. I don't know what the fandom are on about. I like Robots of Death and I picked it because I thought it was an easy one to kind of drop you into. But I... I don't think it's it's the 11th greatest Doctor Who story of all time. <laughs> okay, we're going back to New Who now. Yeah. Um, school Reunion, the episode that Ooh, introduced Sarah Jane. That's a into- tricky one because yeah. I didn't like it, but I bet a lot you gotta, of people you got to think, do. what does the fandom think? I, I th- I'm going to say lower, but I don't think by much. I think that might be top 30. Oh, okay. Well, you get the point. It is lower. Yeah. Um, it's uh, but it's a little lower than the top thirty. It's number thirty six. Okay. So, uh, and I, by the way, I do hope you're playing along, listeners. I'd love to see what what schools people get for this. Um, they all switched off when we were playing that board game. I don't blame them. I don't blame them one jot. Okay, so. Moving on from School Reunion, we're sticking with uh, New Who. Yep. Bad Wolf and the Parting of the Ways. Christopher oh. Eccleston's goodbye story. You're picking a lot of, like, good ones. You've made mm. this quite difficult. I... Let me think. I'm going to say... Higher. You are right. Number 13. Wow. Not as good as Robots of Death, apparently. Not quite, but close, no. apparently. <laughs> it's baffling, isn't it? Yeah. Absolutely baffling, this list. Um, okay, so let's go right back to the beginning. Now, this is a, this is the only um, story I've got on, on the list where you haven't seen every episode. Okay. Uh, it, this is An Unearthly Child, the first Doctor Who story. So we watched the very first episode, but I deliberately didn't show you the following three parts where it's just a bunch of cavemen farting about. Yeah. So, but factor that into your thinking, maybe. I I think that's going to skew people. I think this is still going to be ranked quite highly. Mm. Uh, I'm going to say higher. I think this will be top ten. I understand your thinking. You're wrong. 78. Oh, right. People really don't like those cavemen episodes. <laughs> wow. I just okay. thought based on its like historical merit, people would skew 
what they yeah think. that i mean that's the thing it's uh but yeah it's even with uh with all of that weight of history behind it it can only manage 78 um okay so here's one for you the unquiet dead oh yeah whatever yeah people like it higher than 78 <laughs> no they don't like it that much it's 86 good okay uh next up we've got fucking force me to say oh i'm Matt. i like the unquiet dead <laughs> <laughs> You're a bully, that's what you are. <laughs> um, our first 11th Doctor story, The Doctor's Wife. Uh, again, people like that high. high. Higher than Unquiet Dead? Yep. Yep, you're right, it's number 37. <laughs> One behind score reunion. Uh, I just don't get it. Okay, and what about the demons? Higher or lower than the Doctor's wife? The lower. Third Doctor story. Lower, got to be. You're right, but it's only lower by one. It's thirty-eight on the poll. Really? Yeah. So one behind the Doctor's wife. Okay, uh, another another uh, another Mark Gatiss story for you. Uh, Victory of the Daleks. Is that the World War Two one? That's yeah. It's the one with Churchill. Yeah, it can't be above 38. Where are you going? Uh, so, lower. Lower. It is a lot lower. 193. As if that's the worst one we've talked about. It is. So far on this list, it's it's the lowest ranked we've... Uh, yeah. W- mm, so, there you go. Uh, here's an interesting one for you, Matt. Go on. The 1996 Doctor Who television movie. I'm Starring re- Paul McGann. It's got to be higher than 193. Yeah, It you're can't right. be in the final like quarter of terrible episodes. Yeah, 152. So sort of like comfortably in the lower middle. It which I think better. is fair. Is fair. And it's just scrolled off the bit there. Hang on. Okay. Right then. Love and Monsters. <laughs> That's got to be right down the bottom of the bin. Yeah, okay, you are correct. It is It's got to be over... I was going to say, it's got to be over 200. Yeah, 220. So, now here's a puzzle for you. The Curse of the Black Spot, above or below Love and Monsters. I think above. I think, although you really don't like it, I think it's not as bad as Love and Monsters. Uh, the fandom disagrees. It's 227. Oh, really? Seven spots lower than Love and Monsters. Okay. Okay, and the Twin Dilemma. Now, I told you the the Mighty 200 poll, the Twin Dilemma, came dead last. Yeah. Uh, but this is a few years on from that poll. This is a different poll. So I, it may I have gone think, up a bit. I think, it, I, I think it'll still be last. I think it'll be worse than 227. Yeah, you're right. 241. Still dead last. Dead last. Yeah. So this is a bit of a freebie. Um, Remembrance of the Daleks. Obviously better. Obviously higher. Yeah. And... Hold on. Where was Remembrance of the Daleks? So Remembrance of the Daleks is number 10. Oh, really? Yeah, people really, really love that story. That's why I picked it because it it's the most consistently high, high ranked Seventh Doctor story. And without knowing the Seventh Doctor's era, 
I went with uh, popular opinion. Mm-hmm. So we're in the closing stretch now. Rose, the the the. The, First episode of the 2005 revival. I don't. I think it'll be high. I don't think it's top ten. It, it's a good pilot, but you know, it's not a great episode. Yeah, I think the fandom agrees with you on that one. It's number seventy-two. Okay. So what? Uh, what about uh, the tenth Doctor's final story, the end of time? Above think, or below Rose? I think above. I'm afraid not. It's number 82. So still reasonably high, but honestly, I think that's higher than it ought to be. It's a fairly dreadful story, but um, doesn't make a lick of sense. But uh, hey-ho, what about uh, Matt Smith's debut, The Eleventh Hour? Again, I'm going to say quite high. I I thought that was a quite good episode. Yeah, so higher than The End of Time? Yes. Yeah. Uh, you would be right. Um, it is number 17 on the poll. And next up is Blink. Oh, see. One of your favourites. Yeah, I is don't it one think of the, the people rate it as highly, though. I, I am. I'm going to say top 10 for Blink. You'd be right. It is number two. Number two. Number two. So. Last one, Matt. And so far, you're on 14 I've out done, of 20. I've done okay. You've done okay? It's a respectable score. Can you make it 15? The final story, The Day of the Doctor. Is I it think, number one or is it below Blink? I think it's number one. Yeah? Final answer? Yeah. You are right. So Number got, one ranked got... Doctor Who story of all time, according to Doctor Who magazine readers in 2014. Not bad. I got 75%. Yeah, I'd say that's a respectable score. I'd love to know if our listeners did any better. Yeah. So, um, and yeah, that, that, that was a bit that of was, fun, wasn't it? That was more fun than the board game. Oh, I'm, I'm pleased to hear you say that, Matt, because... Uh, Unlike the board game, that took actual effort on my part to prepare. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think anyone ever put any effort into the board game. All right, then. So now the question is, do we do we crack open a choose-your-own-adventure book? Uh, well, I did put it out on Twitter for our listeners. I Again, I, I bought some of these with the intention of sending them to America for Married to Who?, but yeah. because I bought so many, it became really heavy and I couldn't send them. <laughs> um, so I did put a poll out for which one people would like us to do. Yep, I did vote in that poll as well. Okay. So I'm, I'm hope, I've got my fingers crossed. Which one did you vote for, David? Now, get, well, read out the list because uh, I can't remember now, but I'll be able to tell you when you read it. Uh, let me just fire up Twitter. Okay, so the options were Second Skin... Dark Planet, The Haunted Wagon Train, or Alien Arena? Now, personally, I immediately was drawn to The Haunted Wagon Train. I'm so glad that didn't win, because it sounds awful. <laughs> I just so, I just love that it just it's such a does what it says on the tin 
uh, title, and I was just like, oh, yes, give so me that. So, in last place was Dark Planet with 13%. I mean, that's a very nothingy title, isn't it? Yeah. Second Skin and The Haunted Wagon Train actually drew in second mm. and third place, 25%. So, the yeah. winner was Alien Arena. Alien Arena. Mm. So, that right. makes me think some kind of, like, gladiatorial setup. Yeah. Now, I'm only prepared to do this, David. Yeah. If if you're not going to be a total grump. I was in a very sour mood when we last did it. Uh, right now, I am full of Christmas cheer. So right. I think we're going to have a good time with this. Right. Are you ready? Yes, let's do it. Okay, because whether we decide or not, I've decided we are doing this. <laughs> so this, this is Alien Arena by Richard Dungworth. No, not. Oh, that's an unfortunate surname, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, it's published in, it looks like 2007. Yeah, we are like in peak tenant years, 2007, 2008, yeah. when it was just, you couldn't move for tenant merch. Right. So, David. Yes. You are strolling to school one damp morning. I am. When you are suddenly aware of a peculiar tingling sensation all over your skin. Ooh. You never know where you'll be when puberty hits. Yeah. It rapidly intensifies until your entire nervous system is fizzing with electrical energy. An instant later, you are blinded by a flare of intense white light. As... As the pins and needles subside, your vision gradually returns, and you are alarmed to find that your entire surroundings have transformed. Wow. Wow, you did really well. Oh, sorry, I'm alarmed. Ah! You are now standing on a raised circular platform encircled by tall, thin, transparent columns. Each is filled with a purple fluid through which bubbles rise at regular intervals. The platform is at the centre of a circular white-walled room, Crammed with technical-looking equipment. You imbecile! Beside a nearby control stands a remarkably short man. Clearly an adult, but no more than four feet tall. He is angrily addressing his companion, who is unlike any being you have ever seen. The creature is twice the man's height, remarkably thin, with six insect-like limbs. Its features are dominated by a pair of gigantic, startled-looking eyes. Its entire body is tangerine. I told you to select a legendary warrior human, not a puny child. The orange grasshopper is clearly terrified. I'm sorry, Mr. Big. It not work this time. I try. I've got big earth boss man who fight plenty plenty. You better had you fool, snarls... Oh, sorry. You better had you fool, snarls the small man, evidently called Mr. Big. Set up another extraction as soon as possible. And he thrusts a finger at you. But first, get rid of that. Yes, Mr. Big, I do it right away, grovels the grasshopper as the angry dwarf storms from the room. The creature prizes a prod-like implement with a pulsing blue end from a rack on the wall and crosses the room toward you. Uh Now, David, here's your first choice. Okay. You can either make a dash for the doorway, or try to reason with the grasshopper creature. Okay. So, those are both very Doctor Who-y responses. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. 
run or reason. Um, but having said that, I'm put. I'm. I'm going to try and completely role play this. Um, so I'm reverting to my sort of ten year old self. I'm not going to have. I'm not going to have a clue what to say to this thing. So I'm going to leg it. Okay, so let's turn to page 66. You make it out the doorway into a narrow corridor that runs in both directions. To your right, you can see Mr. Big walking away, muttering angrily, so you hurriedly head in the opposite direction. To your relief, there is no sign that the grasshopper creature is coming after you. As you follow the passageway, you take in your strange surroundings. The grey walls, floor and ceiling of the corridor are made of a material you've never seen before. Something opaque and glass-like. There is no visible lighting, yet the corridor is somehow brightly illuminated. You come to a place where a, a short stretch of one wall is transparent. As you lean against it to peer through, the area around your right palm glows warm red, and the section of the wall slides silently sideways to create an opening. David, if you wish to enter the door, you may, or you can continue along the corridor. Ah, enter the door, why not? Alright, let's just go to page 82. You find yourself in a large circular room. The far wall is transparent, forming a vast viewing window. Through it, you can see black void beyond, speckled with pinpricks of light. You are clearly looking out into deep space. At the centre of the room stands a raised circular plinth. Its upper surface is inky black, crisscrossed by bright green grid lines. A tiny yellow and silver spacecraft, a 3D projection, hovers impossibly above the luminous grid's central axes. Holographs of miniature planets circled by tiny moons float elsewhere, creating a sophisticated astronomical map. Around the walls are banks of electronic equipment. Displays blink with the technical readouts and animated di diagrams. This is clearly some sort of control centre, but it clearly. appears to be deserted. You cross to a lift that stands open in one wall. It has two buttons. David, do you press the button that says classified or the button that says engineering? Engineering. Right, let's just go back to 58. The lift opens onto a huge chamber the size of an aircraft hangar. It is dominated by a pair of colossal grey spheres connected by a wide cylindrical channel with thick transparent walls. A flickering arc of blue light burns fiercely within the transparent tube. You guess this immense device is some kind of power generating equipment. Mm. A reptilian alien stands beside an empty booth at the foot of the giant reactor. As you watch, a second creature suddenly materialises out of thin air in the booth beside him. Stepping out, it engages the first creature in hissing conversation. They move off together, away from where you watch unnoticed. Apart from the lift and the teleport booth, the only route out of the engineering area appears to be via an elevated walkway that leads to a door midway up the far wall. David, do you wish to use the teleporter... Or exit via the door. Hmm. Ah, you only live once. Teleporter. Okay. Just a reminder, this is a Doctor Who book. We're yet to meet yeah. Doctor Who. We have yet to meet Doctor Who. Right. Here we go. 
The teleport transports you to an identical booth in an entirely different location. A large, high-ceilinged hall filled with noise, smells and bustle. Tables and benches hover unsupported throughout the area. Sitting at or slouched under the tables are around 200 rowdy individuals. A few appear to be human. Despite being from many races, the crowd all share something in common. A brutal, hostile demeanour. Most are clutching vessels of thick green liquid and look more than a little intoxicated. You quickly duck under the nearest table just as two alien thugs slump down at its far end. Another fight tomorrow in the arena? Big reckons he's got old of the monorecs of Glug. I've heard of him from way back, isn't he? That's right. Fought off a Sycorax colonising force about 20 millennia ago. It should be a good show. David? Oh, lovely Sycorax reference. Yeah. Do I'll you tell w- you what. We, we, you know you were saying the other day um, about... Sorry, I've completely derailed this, but um, Chibnall saying he wants to bring back new Who monsters that have only appeared once. Sycorax have got to be top of the list, right? Yeah, because they're just sort of like violent men. There's no real story to them, is there? Yeah, there's definitely scope for more development for the Sycorax, I feel like. Anyway. Right. David, do you wish to continue listening to this conversation or are you going to crawl under the tables across the hall? I'm going to crawl under the tables. Right, fingers crossed. We might meet the doctor now. Mm. Right, number 81. You make it across the canteen without being spotted and slip through a doorway in the far wall. It leads into what you quickly realise is a kitchen area, packed with high-tech food preparation devices. It's in a disgusting state, littered with unfinished meals, jugs of orange dregs, and par-emptied drums of frying oil. There is an exit at one end of the kitchen, and at the other end, an enormous bear-like creature is greedily rooting through the piles of scraps, and it suddenly spots you. Oh dear. After a momentary pause... It gives a blood-curdling roar and gleaming foot-long claws emerge from its massive paws. So, you spot the opening of a ventilation shaft in the wall beside you. It's far too narrow for the massive creature to fit through. So, a couple of options here, David. You can either spill frying oil over the floor to delay the assailant, or you can escape via the ventilation shaft. Uh, hmm. I'm going to spill the oil. Excellent. Classic Home Alone technique. Yeah. Right, let's go to 88. Your plan... Say again, sorry? Said still no doctor. No. Um, Just scan reading this. Uh, Let's see. Your plan works, enabling you to make your escape. You soon find yourself on the threshold of a hexagonal room with doorways in two of its other walls. Perched awkwardly at a a control console in the centre of the room with his back to you sits Mr. Big. He is watching the far wall on which is projected the unlikely image of an old-fashioned police phone box. Sitting beside Big is another inhuman figure. It reminds you of a large newt with its moist skin and gill-like frills at its neck. So what is it, Plax? Mr. Big asks brusquely. It looks wooden. That makes it at least 25,000 years old. What's it doing in 
3506 on my ship. It's a spacecraft of sorts, replies the new creature. I've been through our ship's data archive and found several matches. It's called the TARDIS. Belongs to a very interesting individual, the Doctor. Surviving member of a race known as the Time Lords. Able to regenerate into renewed physical form. His current manifestation is... Well, whoever he is, I want him caught quickly, snaps Mr. Big. You have his companion already, yes? Yes, boss. An attractive young woman appears on the wall. Calls herself Martha. But we've been unable to get anything else out of her. She seems to be held in sector K-45. You're startled to hear a third voice just behind you. K-45? Thanks. <laughs> the Doctor's not Australian, is he? <laughs> uh, K-45. Thanks for that. You turn to see a pinstriped suited man standing just beside you. He gives Mr. Big a cheeky mock salute, then dashes for the nearest exit. After them! yells Mr. Big, furious. David, you can either follow the Doctor or head for the other exit. Mm. Now, that's an interesting choice. I think, listeners, you're going to have to wait until the next episode to find out. I think, Matt, we're going to keep playing this. Okay. And we'll potentially pepper it across uh, several episodes. What do you say to that? I think we've just found our new replacement to the Wheelie Big Quiz. Mm. And here was me thinking... uh, we could just uh, maybe get into the episodes a bit quicker in the new year. But uh, I'm into this now. I'm hooked. Yeah. So, um, yeah, join us next week, listeners, when uh, we will be uh, playing a bit more of Alien Arena. And then we will be talking in hopefully fairly reasonable depth about Dark Water and Death in Heaven, Series 8 finale. Until then... Hope you've had a fantastic Christmas. Thank you very much for listening. And cheerio. Bye now. Thank you for listening to Neither the Time Nor the Space. If you wish to contact us, our email address is timenorspacepod at gmail.com and on Twitter we are at timenorspacepod. And thank you to Alexander Urban for his smashing arrangement of the Doctor Who theme.